This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome in this week to SETN Preps. Chris Goforth and Morrison. Glad to be hanging out with you this week. Uh, we have four Chattanooga teams that advanced into either the semifinals or the state championship round last week of the TSSAA playoffs. Chandler, we went 4-0 last week. I'll be honest, I was a little bit shocked. I was hopeful, I was optimistic that we could go 4-0 last week with our local teams, but I wasn't exactly sure we could pull it off. But last week was a great week for Chattanooga Area High School football to have four teams still playing, still alive at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think it's a little bit uh, – I don't know if it's an unprecedented. I know we've had a lot of teams before. We've probably had this many in the semifinals at least. I don't know – how far back do we have to go since there's been four teams? Because, I mean, even if you go back to the 90s, the most you could really have was three teams uh, in the state championship, Chris. I mean, I don't expect – I mean, I don't know if our four teams are all going to make it. We, I think, Chris, last week we didn't really expect all four of our teams to come out unscathed. It had nothing to do with the quality of the teams that were playing but it had everything to do with the fact that Chattanooga area teams just do not have the best luck when it comes to the playoffs, you know, especially ones that aren't in 1A and 2A. Um, and, you know, and, and, and quarterfinal, semifinal games, Chris, what that is all about is the, the luck turning in your favor. We can talk all day about how good these teams are, and they're all really good. But at the end of the day, it, the luck has to be on your side. The, the ball has to – hit the ground at a certain angle to go your way instead of the other way, you know, in, in situations, you know. I mean, it comes down to those kind of plays. And sometimes it's that's the frustrating, frustrating thing for coaches is, um, you know, it's not always you can prepare nine times, you know, you, you can prepare as much as you want to. But at the end of the day, if the ball doesn't turn your way, that's something you can't help. And I think that's why it's so surprising to me to see all these teams there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to see all four teams that we have that are, at least they're past the semifinal round, at least one already in the championship, Chris. That's so good to see a lot of area teams still alive and kicking, and it makes it a lot easier for us to talk about <laughs> about games when it comes to our podcast. Yeah, we're not having a search for content, that's for sure. Speaking of content, by the way, if you uh, are headed out to a game Friday night or if you just want to keep up with how our local teams are doing, we'll have three local teams in action, 1A, 2A, and 3A, South Pittsburgh, Meigs County, and Red Bank, We'll all be playing Friday night, and we'll be providing you updates on all three games on SETN Preps. So if you want to follow along with how our local teams are doing, there's your opportunity. Uh, find us on Twitter, at SETN Preps. Give us a follow. If you're going to be at one of those games, hey, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a picture. Uh, you can uh, uh, you can also send us uh, score updates. We'll, hey, we'll take that, too. So, uh, if you're out and about Friday night, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're uh, going to be staying at home, maybe you're doing some Black Friday shopping, you know you can take SETN Preps with us uh, at SETN Preps. All right, Chandler, let's go ahead and let's hop into some of our games from Friday night. Let's just take them in order. We'll start in Class 1A where South Pittsburgh beats Gordonsville 37-7. to It's a good win for South Pittsburgh. You go on the road tough place and get the win 
Gordonsville, again, jumped out to that early lead, second week in a row. South Pittsburgh's a little sluggish to start the game. They had a ton of penalties in that game early. Um, I thought they were going to score on their first drive, uh, on their first possession, but a penalty kind of put them back behind the sticks, and then they just had a really hard time uh, trying to get some momentum and get things going on offense. It just wasn't clicking for them. But, boy, when it clicked, it clicked. They scored 37 unanswered points. Hunter Frame, over 200 yards rushing. I said it last week. If he's not the Mr. Football winner for back of the year in 1A, I may stage a one-man riot because he is uh, – you cannot convince me that there is anybody any better right now playing football, frankly, at any level, in the state of Tennessee than what Hunter Frames playing at South Pittsburgh. DeAndre Kelly went over a, a hundred yards as well, but I thought South Pittsburgh's defense was the real story here. They just totally suffocated Gordonsville, and the Pirates are back in the semifinals for the fourth time in the last five seasons, and they will face Coalfield on Friday night. We'll talk about the Coalfield game in just a moment, but Chandler, go ahead and tell me your thoughts on South Pittsburgh's win over Gordonsville? You know, I, I think that this was a game that we expected to be a blowout fashion. Um, I think we expected the kind of the margin to be a little bit less than what they've had in the past few weeks. South Pittsburgh comes in, like you said, that defense was just, that's the right word, Chris, suffocating. Um, and I think that's going to be the difference this year between South Pittsburgh and a lot of other teams. And we can talk about, you know, the fact that South Pittsburgh is, you know, having to deal with, you know, a 1A, less than 1A, you know, a lessened 1A classification from, from previous years. But really, this defense is really stepping up and doing what it has to do, especially in the early going. Now, we'll see a lot more of that as we go forward, Chris. But this, this kind of, you know, play by the defense for South Pittsburgh is going to be what's going to propel them, you know, further on in the playoffs and you know that we know what that offense is we know what Hunter Frame is. we know what Braden Sanders we know what's going to happen there but you know to have that defense and to have it step up the way it has has made all the difference this year I think it's made the difference in you know maybe an eight and two season for South Pittsburgh and 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 you know what they have right now let's talk South Pittsburgh and Coalfield now Coalfield won Friday night they beat Oliver Springs 36 to nothing. Coalfield may be, honestly, if you go back to off uh, to uh, August, I think if, if you were to list all the teams that are playing right now in the semifinals from back in the spring, Coalfield would probably be the team that you would be most surprised to find in the semifinals. I think most people, you know, out of that Region 2-1A that they're a part of, I think most people felt like, you know, it would be Greenback would be there. Oliver Springs, who went 10-2 and two last year, is, is a team that I think a lot of people thought they would find in the semifinals this year. And, and uh, you know, Coalfield really took it to them uh, Friday night and, and scored the big shutout win. Coalfield, again, I think they're a surprise to find them here simply because they have had to – literally rebuild this year they had to find all new starters on their offensive and defensive lines they've got a first year starter at uh, at quarterback so this is a team that I think a lot of people were uh, you know would be a little bit surprised 
to see that they're still alive and still playing in the in the semifinals. Um, I think it's a big, big boost for South Pittsburgh to be able to play this game and to be able to have it um, at home on Friday. They are at home Friday night, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, South Pittsburgh's at home on Friday night, and, and I think that's – I think that's huge for them to be able to have this game at home. It all comes back for them for the same thing that I've said about South Pittsburgh all year. And I think I can safely say it again for one more week. They're going to have the best talent on the field. The best athletes on the field Friday night will belong to South Pittsburgh. All the speed in this game Friday night is going to belong to South Pittsburgh. Now, Coldfield, they've got a gritty bunch, and, um, you know, they're physical. But I just think I think that atmosphere at Bean Stadium Friday night may get to them a little bit uh, mm-hmm. for a bunch of kids that haven't had to be counted on as contributors in games like this in the past. And South Pittsburgh's got a bunch of guys that have they've, they've played a lot of football. So I feel like South Pittsburgh wins uh, pretty handily Friday night and advances on into the uh, Class 1A state championship. But Chandler, give me your thoughts now on South Pittsburgh and Coalfield. Well, let's talk about Coalfield for a second because I think that Coalfield, it kind of reminds me of Whitwell in 2018. The only difference is where Greenback is just down and they've had the COVID issue. South Pittsburgh was not down that year. Uh, you know, and, and we can say what we want, Chris, but that, that South Pittsburgh team was as good as any South Pittsburgh team we had seen. Whitwell just had a better team that year. Uh, whereas this situation is, you know, Cofield didn't even play Greenback in the season because of COVID, and they played them, and they, you know, it was a tough game, you know, 26-21, um, you know, in the, in the second round there. To me, it reminds me a little bit of that Whitwell team because Whitwell was kind of just in that region with South Pittsburgh for so long. Yeah, but that, that, the uh, difference yeah, between that Whitwell team yeah. and this Coldfield team is the fact that that Whitwell team had like 18 starters back. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. they were an experienced football team yeah. that, I, you know, it was one of those mm-hmm. teams that as they had built and those kids had grown mm-hmm. up and, and come up through the ranks together, everybody pointed and said, this is mm-hmm. going to be the year when they knew they had a chance to be really special. I don't think anybody thought Cofield would be special this year. And I think they've had it. Look, they've had, you know, they've had a 30 for 30 type season. Like, you know, books ought to be written about teams that have seasons like what Cofield has had to do to persevere to, to get to this mm-hmm. point. I don't want to take anything away from them. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, the experience, excuse me, the experience Friday night will definitely belong to South Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, and like I said, like I when I talk about it being close to Whitwell, what I'm what I'm really kind of getting at is is the way the season has turned out, not necessarily the players they've had. Because let's face it, Coldfield is one of those teams where they're having to re they're not having to reload, they're not having to rebuild, they're having to restock, right? And sometimes when you restock, you get better products. Sometimes when you do, but sometimes when you restock, you don't. You know, or you get a lot of this, you get a lot of run, you don't get a lot of pass. You get a lot of pass, you don't get a lot of run. You get a lot of good offensive line play, maybe you don't. So I think that that's kind of the situation I see. I don't see Cofield stepping up and just beating South Pittsburgh. Um, I'm still in the situation where I think that South Pittsburgh this year has had a really good team. If Greenback was is what they usually are, 
you know, I'm not so sure, you know, on average, I'm not so sure this is an easy game for South Pittsburgh. I think this could turn into a blowout if Colefield doesn't watch it, where is if you had a greenback as it is. Now, let's say, let's say this. Greenback this year is not what they have been. We know that, you know. I mean, I think they were, golly, Chris, I, 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 you know, they were like a three seed, I believe, the way it rolled out uh, or something of that nature. Uh, they had one, two, three, four losses on the field. Um, a blowout to Loudon, a blowout to Mex County, who are both still in the playoffs. Um, you know, a loss to an in-region team on the field, Oliver Springs, who still had a really good season. So this is a down greenback team that they had. And, and Cofield has stepped up and, and done what they need to do. I don't want to take anything away from Cofield, but I think what we're looking at here is is kind of the, the sub for, for Greenback because Greenback's having a down year. And I don't know that this sub is adequate to uh, control the classroom, if you know what I mean, Chris. I think South Pittsburgh is going to be the kid in the back back there in the back with the leather jacket and the and the, uh, the sunglasses back there doing whatever the heck he wants because that's how South Pittsburgh has, has played this season out. Sounds like an episode of Welcome Back, Cotter. All right, let's go to uh, Class You lost spell that reference. <laughs> YouTube it, Chandler. YouTube it. <laughs> let's go uh, 2A now. Meigs County in South Green, 42-14. to 14. Meigs County a winner Friday night. This game, honestly, it was never in doubt. Meigs County controlled this game right from the start. And honestly... This game wasn't as close as the 42-14 to 14 score. I mean, this was all Meigs County. Uh, Will Meadows was fantastic, 14 carries, 250 yards. Uh, this is one of those that I, I listened to a good portion of it on the radio uh, Friday night. And Meigs County was just, they just dominated. They just, they just took control right from the start, took South Green out of this one early, and uh, – pretty much had their will. The only thing that stopped Meigs County Friday night was Meigs County. So, uh, again, I thought they I thought they looked good, and uh, they got a great win, and they're back into the semifinals again this year. So that's my take on uh, Meigs County South Green. Chandler, what about you? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, it was just a, a standout game for Meigs County, who, you know, they've had a really great season this year. You know, this is, I think this is a, a South Green team that, is arguably better than they were last year. Um, and, and not to say you – know, I say that to say this, Chris, that when you talk about, you know, South Green being so much improved, that just shows you that Mex County was, you know, they, you know, Mex County last year, you know, this was, you know, uh, they, they played them in the second round and it was a blowout, Chris. Mex County still blew them out this year. And I think Mex County is a better team, and I think South Green isn't even it has made more improvement than Mex County has made um, this year. And, and when I when I say that, what I mean is Mex County was the bar was already pretty high for Mex County. They've improved on the bar that made them a runner up last year, whereas um, South you know South Green they were you know they were still a little bit lower, and they were able to improve a little bit more and still not be anywhere close to where Mex County was. So for me, this game turns out to be one of those things where we see how strong Meigs County really is. And we, I keep going back to the interview we had with Jason Fitzgerald back in the postseason, or excuse me, the offseason. And uh, if you hadn't had a chance, go back on the SCTM Preps podcast, wherever you find it, go back and listen to that. Because I believe he talked about telling, telling the kids that this, you know, Peyton Manning didn't win a national championship with Tennessee. It was the year after he left, you know. And, you know, I think that that is kind of held true 
this season where it feels like Meigs County is having like that T Martin year where they they just you don't know how but they are they just seem to be better than they were last year without their big star that's going to do great things in, in Aaron Swafford. So I mean that that's where I see this thing is man it just shows me how much better they are than maybe even last year and they were still I mean last year was runner up and they're so much better than that this year. Let's go to uh, the semifinal game now in uh, Class 2A. That's Meigs County and Trousdale County. And we've talked a lot about Trousdale County the last couple of weeks because they've, they've played our some of our local teams, uh, Bledsoe County in particular. I think this is going to be a great game Friday night. Let me say that. I think these are two really good football teams that will get after each other. They're both big. They're both physical. Both teams are what I would call country strong. Um, they've got a bunch of country boys that are going to get after each other. And these teams are built this, the exact same way. They have a very strong run game, and they play really well in the offensive and defensive lines. I think the uh, the strength of both of these teams is in the trenches and in the guys that carry the ball for them. You know, you know Logan Carroll and, and Will Meadows in the backfield at Meigs County. We've talked a lot this year. Uh, or the last couple of weeks about Cameron Rankins at at Trousdale County. You know, if you're going to go watch one game Friday night, this is the game that I would say that you should go watch because I think this will be the best game out of the three that we're going to see on Friday night. I just think this is going to be a heck of a game. Yeah, I do too, Chris. I I think this is going to be one of those games. Like last year, the way this one turned out, Chris, I think this just meant to be a, you know, an even better game. I think both of these teams have have really improved, I, I feel like. And, you know, I talked about how Meg County had improved over what they were. I think Trousdale County has improved, too. I think what's going to be the difference in this is who has improved more, especially in this postseason. How is the curve, you know, how, how are they graded on the curve and how is this all the, you know, because I think Trousdale, I, I think Meg's County is, is as talented as, as they have been, even without Aaron Swafford, you know, I, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Trousdale County. I feel like they they don't have as much depth as they, as they usually do. It feels like to me, um, and I think that could be a factor where you know, Mex County for a two A school, they have a pretty good bit of depth there. Um, you know, down 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 in Decatur, uh, and, and this game being at Trousdale, that really really hurts Mex County. I think because. There ain't, there's not a whole lot of things like going out to a game out in Decatur. Um, you know, I think that field is a, it's, it's a pretty, you know, for a home, when you're at home on that field, it's a really good stadium. If you're the away team on that field, not so much. Uh, you got the smaller stands kind of closer up. You don't have as much room on the sideline, you know, and uh, I think it's a real tough environment to play in. And the fact that they're having to go to Trousdale, which has historically been one of those, you know, kind of, you probably know better than I do, Chris. It's probably one of those stadiums that you don't want to go to this deep into the playoffs. But I think this is going to be a really good game, Chris. And, and by the way, uh, shout out to, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Randall Bolton. He's at Waverly still, Chris. And uh, they're in the semifinals on the other side of this playing at Peabody. So uh, congrats to him and uh, the Waverly team out there. I, I don't know I don't know if that will be as good a game as the uh, Meigs County uh, Trousdale game. Uh, I think Peabody is a really, really good team. I think Waverly is too. But 
Golly, that's that's another good game on the other side of that bracket, and uh, one of one of our uh, coaches from our area in that game as well. Yeah, I just I just think to me this makes County Trousdale game is going to be a war. It is the game mm-hmm. again. If you're only going to go watch one Friday night, this would be the game that you would want to go to. Uh, when we come back now. We're going to talk Red Bank Loudon. We'll also give you a preview of Red Bank and Alcoa. And we'll talk about Macaulay and their big win on Friday night over Brentwood Academy. The Blue Tornado get a little bit of revenge. And we'll also give you our Friday night reveals before we finish up here. It's SETN Preps. Hang on. Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm. You can go on the app. You can go on the website. You can go right on your phone on the browser, and you can record a voice message. That's right. You can let your voice be heard on the SETN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SETN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think. Back on SETN Preps, Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, as we get you set for a big Friday night of prep football action. Let's go. Uh, let's just start in 1A, Chandler. Let's start with South Pittsburgh. Pirates go on the road. they got to go up to Gordonsville. And this is a team they have played many, 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 many times over the years in the playoffs. These two teams, they know each other well. As a matter of fact, they just played last year in the playoffs in this very round, by the way, quarterfinals. South Pittsburgh won it 40 to nothing. Um, you know, South Pittsburgh has a phenomenal uh, history of excellence in high school football. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, Gordonsville is not quite at that same level, but Gordonsville is just behind South Pittsburgh uh, among the the great 1A programs in the state of Tennessee. Gordonsville's been good. Um, heck, going back, I remember going back to when I was in junior high. Uh, and, and hearing about Gordonsville, and they, they, that was, you know, they were good back then. That was back in the mid-'80s. They've had to replace all five guys on their offensive line from last year, and based upon what I can see, um, looks like they've done a pretty good job of finding those guys. So, and they've played pretty well again this year. I think South Pittsburgh wins this game. I don't know that they score 50 or 60 points. I guarantee you South Pittsburgh plays better early in this game than what they did last week. I think Vic Greider got some attention with um, from his team last week when they got off to a little slow start against Monterey, and I don't think that'll happen. Turney Ford Field is where they'll play this game at Gordonsville. It's a That's a great environment. Gordonsville is right up there with South Pittsburgh and Trousdale County in terms of really great environments for high school football in this state. And Turney Ford Field is, I mean, their fans, they're going to turn out, they're going to be loud. South Pittsburgh is going to take a bunch of people, and they're going to be loud. It'll be a great environment. Turney Ford Field used to be one of the, 
used to be one of the scariest places, in my opinion, to go play high school football. Now, I don't think that's the case. One, they've kind of upgraded it now. So it's like the stadium there is nice. I mean, they got a nice press box and everything. Uh, back in the day, when it was kind of a little bit shabby there, that was when I thought the place was just really, really rocking uh, to the point that, I mean, that, that, that press box would sway when the when the stands would, would start to rock at Gordonsville and scare the heck out of you if you were in it. But um, <laughs> South Pittsburgh, 83 playoff wins all time. And as I said it to you last week, I reiterated it to John uh, on the Monday podcast, and I'll say it again. You got to have your stars step up in the playoffs, and I think Hunter Frame right now he's playing like a man possessed. There is nobody running with the football. Go watch the video, the highlights of him from last Friday, and tell me there is a better back or a better player with the ball in his hands right now in the state of Tennessee than the way Hunter Frames play. And I think he'll end up being the difference. I think South Pittsburgh wins. Wouldn't shock me if, if it's about like it was last year, about a 40 to nothing or a 40 to seven kind of game. Um, I could totally see that happening. Um, I don't think South Pittsburgh puts 50 or 60 on them, but I think the Pirates win and, and they win pretty comfortably. Yeah, I'm on the same uh, boat that you are, Chris. I think this is going to be one of those games that South Pittsburgh just kind of cruises through. Um, I don't think that this, you know, I don't think this is going to be a situation where, you know, you're going into halftime and it's a close game. I think this is a situation where you go into halftime and, you know, your your coach is trying to find something to, to yell at you at because you've done so well in the first half and executed the way you're supposed to. And uh, I, I didn't ever have any, I don't know, if, I don't know if you've ever seen those games. I've never had one of those games as a player where the coach said, you know, you did a great job. There was always something. Um, I don't know how many times Vic Grider has had to do that because I would assume he always finds something too, as a lot of the coaches in our area do. Um, but I, I'll say this. I think that this game is, is going to be one of the – by the way, South Pittsburgh leads this series 10-5 in the playoffs, at least when they play in the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, you know – So this will be the 16th meeting all-time in the playoffs between these two. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Uh, will you think about it? Yeah. I mean, they've, again, uh, like I said earlier, they have met a lot down through the years. I mean, they yeah. have, they've met a lot, uh, over the years in the playoffs. So they, they know each other. There's no secrets here. Yeah. You know, South Pittsburgh's not going to be intimidated going to Gordonsville. They've been there before. They know what yeah. to expect. Uh, the folks from Gordonsville aren't going to be intimidated by South Pittsburgh because they've seen them. They know. You're not showing us anything we hadn't seen before, so uh, I think it'll be a you know it'll come down to who executes the best and and who makes the fewest mistakes. And I just think South Pittsburgh has has more talent right now than Gordonsville does. Yeah, and, I, and Chris, I got to say this: I think 16 meetings that's got to be like a record for the most times two schools have met in the playoffs. I mean, I would think if it's not, man, it's got to be close. I mean, I, I imagine with the. The, the playoff runs that Maryville and Alcoa has had, there may be somebody there that they have faced, you know, close to that many times just based off the number of games they've played. But, man, I, I can't yeah. imagine that there's too many teams that have played each other more times in the postseason than South Pittsburgh and, Green, uh, and uh, Greenville. And I, and I think you have to think two, two things, Chris. One is that as many classifications as we've had over the years, these two have been in single play, you know, 
throughout that because we went from having three classifications in like the 80s and 90s to having six now. So, I mean, you've got to sit there and think, man, uh, you know, they've, they've always been in 1A or the single A divisions. They played each other a lot. Chris, by the way, since 1993, Gordonsville has not has only missed the playoffs twice. And for South Pittsburgh, they haven't missed the playoffs, uh, not from what I can see, since 1985. Uh, South Pittsburgh missed it in 2000. 2000, that's the one I'm missing here. Yeah, they missed yeah. it in 2000. They missed one since 1985, Chris. That's crazy. That is, um, that's an amazing stat. <laughs> yeah, so when you consider the fact that both these schools since 93 have been in the playoffs just about every year, Chris, I mean uh, – that, that's crazy. That's got to be a record somehow. I, I don't. I don't know that I, I can actually find the answer to that because that would take a lot of digging. But it's got to be pretty close. Let's move on. Let's go to two way now. Meigs County and South Green. This is another rematch of a playoff game from last year. Meigs County won it last year, thirty nine to seven. South Green a year ago went ten and two, and their head coach left. So their old coach, a guy by the name of Sean Jones, who was the head coach there from 2005 to 2015, he was on staff as an assistant. Old coach leaves. Older coach, Sean Jones, comes back and takes back over the program. Uh, they're really good. They're really experienced, especially on the defensive side. They got 10 starters back from a year ago. This will be strength on strength when Megs County has the ball going up against South Green's defense. Um, I just think Megs, again, I, I feel maybe not as confident in Megs County winning as I do South Pittsburgh, but I think Megs County has a really good shot at, at being able to win this game. I just feel like they're a more talented team. They're going to need a, you know, Logan Carroll and, and um, Will Meadows to have big games. But I think that can happen for them, probably will happen. And I think they've got a legit chance at, uh, at really being able to advance back into the, into the semifinals with a win on Friday night. I expect them to. How about that? Yeah, and Chris, I really don't know what to expect out of the South Green team. Uh, like, I mean, uh, you know, you got two undefeated teams going into this, and it feels like McMinn County just has a more potent offense. Uh, the two playoff opponents that South Green had were both from McMinn County's region. They beat them 35-0, 35-3. McMinn County, or excuse me, uh, Megs County beat them 46-0 and 67-21. So, I mean, the offense is there. The offense is, you know, better. Um, I think this is going to come down to if this, if the McMinn County defense doesn't hold up early, I still think the McMinn County offense is going to run by you no matter what you do. You're you're not going to win in a shootout with Megs County, I don't think. And that's where I'm sitting at on this. If you're not, if you can't beat someone in a shootout, you probably can't beat them in a defensive stand either. So I, I have to go, you know, with, with next county. I think they've got the better offense here. I think they've got the better, um, the better depth here. And um, I, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. I think they're going on the next round. They're going to play Trousdale or Watertown, whoever gets out of that gauntlet in the next round. And you know, that's uh, and we said last week, by the way, Chris, that. Uh, it could it could be a trials it could be a one two Trousdale or a one two Bledsoe Marion, you know, like we said last week, and it just ended up being a one two Trousdale, which I was not surprised with. And by the way, I got to give my congrats to Bledsoe County. You held in there with Trousdale County. The closer I got to that that game, Chris, the more I felt like Bledsoe County could actually pull away with it. And I was watching it through the night, and then all of a sudden I see Trousdale gets that last second score, just a heartbreaker for them. I know we're talking about Max County here, but. Uh, there's not much to talk about with Mex County because I think they're going to blow by their opponent, um, if not in a blowout, in a shootout at least, against South Green. 
Let's go to 3A now. Red Bank takes on Loudon. Another rematch from last year. Heck, a rematch from a couple of weeks ago. Red Bank, uh, Loudon rather, beat Red Bank two times last year. Now, Red Bank has won the first matchup so far this year. So this is a chance now for Red Bank to finish off the payback and beat these guys twice in one year. These two teams, they know each other. Again, there's not going to be any secrets. There's no surprises. You know, Coach Harry get Loudon. He's going to put his best 11 out there. Chris Brown at Red Bank's going to put his best 11 out there, and they're going to see who comes out on top. I think this will be a slobber knocker. I think it will be a nail-biter. I think this is one of those games that's going to probably come down to the fourth quarter. I love it, though, the fact that Red Bank is at home to be able to play this game. I cannot stress enough how important I think it is for Red Bank to be able to have this game at home, and I hope the Red Bank community comes out in full force, or I should say maybe full throat, on Friday night and is loud for these guys and uh, and makes it an intimidating place for Loudon to, to be able to come into because, again, as far as what's going to happen on the field, they know each other. They know each other. They know the strengths. They know the weaknesses. I guarantee you both of these head coaches have watched every snap of film on the other one for the last two years, maybe the last three years. They know both of these programs know each other really, really well and i think that you know i like red bank but i like them because they're playing at home but uh, this is going to be one of those that's going uh, that will go into the second quarter i think it or second half rather i think it goes into the fourth quarter before uh we're we're able to to really know who's going to win this i think this may be if you just want to go watch a good exciting football game friday night this game right here over at red bank community stadium and tom weathers field is the one you want to go watch yeah, and Chris, I think the one thing for me is I hope that um, I hope that they they get as many fans as they can there. I know with social distance there, they that's you know you get as many as you can. That's it. But I think it's going to be a loud place. I think it's going to be up and up and rowdy for a Red Bank. Um, for Chris Brown, I think you give Grant Reynolds a call and see what he did to do four offside kicks a game because I think it may come down to that you know kind of thing. When you talk about two teams that know each other so well. And, you know, in, in two years, we talk about that being two different teams from one year to the next, Chris. But really, when you talk about what they've done, you know, you may have better athletes the year before, but you've had the same kind of plays, the same kind of system, and you're doing a lot of the same things. Uh, this could be one of those things where, like you said, they know every play that they're going to throw at it. So you've got to go in because you know Loud's probably seen it if you have. And going out there and and doing and doing that, Chris, because I think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think it'll come down to a crazy play at the end. I think that that Red Bank defensive line, you know, they're going to be really key in this at home. And I think that what we're going to see is I think they're going to dominate even more than they did last time around. Now, will that translate to to Red Bank getting the ball more, getting a few more points on the board, being a different ball game? Who knows? But I think that. Uh, that defensive line for Red Bank is going to step up because once you played someone, I could say as a lineman, once you played someone down in the trenches, you get a feel for how they are, not necessarily all their plays or what they're going to do, but you get a feel for how they are as a player, and you can kind of you can kind of scheme a little bit in your head a little bit, you know, when you've got time to prepare for the same team that you've already seen. So I can say as a defensive lineman, I kind of did that. If we played somebody twice, I was always like, all right, I got to remember what they did. I got oh, he did. He shifted here on this play when I heard this call, and maybe I can sneak in and get a sack or something like that. 
like, like I did and Curtis Jones will attest to. Um, but uh, I think that this will be a good game. I think this will be a tight game, like you said, Chris. I think this is one that goes into the fourth quarter. I'm not so sure that midway through the fourth quarter it, it's, it's, it's a close game. I think this is one that someone's going to run away with it. It's not going to be a tight last play thing. I think someone's going to run away with it in the fourth quarter. But I think it will be close when we get to the fourth quarter. Let's go to our final game now that we're going to talk about. We only got four teams left, and our fourth and final team is McCauley. They will face Brentwood Academy. At Brentwood Academy on Friday night, it's another rematch from earlier this season. Uh, funny because all four of these teams in our local area this week, they're all playing somebody that they have either A, already played this season, or B, played last year in the playoffs. Or in some cases, like Red Bank and Loudon, they played each other twice last year in the regular season and the postseason they're doing it again this year. So this is one, you go back to week two of the regular season, and McCauley's defense in part played really well. They did, I think, what you want a defense to do, which is make a team like Brentwood Academy, make them one-dimensional. And that's what McCauley did. Brentwood Academy had only, only 70 yards rushing in that game. Part of the reason why they only had 70 yards rushing, though, was because McCauley couldn't stop their passing attack. Tyler Montrell, um, who, or Montiel, who's the quarterback at Brentwood Academy, 353 yards passing in that game. And their kicker, uh, Tegan Linderink at Brentwood Academy, those two guys were the difference in this game. Linderink kicked three field goals, including one from 48. So that's something that going into this game now, if you're McCauley, Number one, you, you need a big night from your defensive backs. You need a big night from that defensive line to get pressure on Montiel and force him into maybe making a couple of errant throws and, and hopefully a couple of turnovers. And the other thing you've got to be mindful of is where is Brentwood Academy on the field when they've got the ball? Uh, you want to keep them out of field goal range. And, again, this guy's hitting from, you know, 48 yards. So pretty much anything from about the 35 yard line on in, they're in, you know, 35 yard line, they're in field goal territory at that point. So those are some of the things that I think McCauley's going to have to take away uh, from that first meeting and use those, that knowledge to help them going into this game. Uh, they got to play, you know, again, they got to get after the quarterback, get him on the ground, harass him, do all those kind of things. You can't let that guy stand back there and throw for 353 yards on you again. This is a game that if, if McCauley wins this game, whether Brentwood's down or whether what's going on there, uh, I still think they're a phenomenal team anyway. I think they, I think anybody in Division II AAA could have won a state championship this year. I mean, I think we've had so many upsets, you know, in, in, in the years past, and even this year we have one or two. Um, in the first round, uh, especially with McCauley. I mean, they beat the one seed out of the West. Uh, you know, I think that if McCauley wins this game, uh, they'll be in the state championship, but I think if they win this game, they'll win the state championship. That, that's funny because I feel the same way, Chandler. I think, uh, honestly, I feel like this game Friday night is the state championship. I think the winner of this game between McCauley and Brentwood Academy is the team that, wins the state championship in two, uh, Division three or Division two, Class 3A. Sorry, it took me a minute to get it right, but um, that's exactly the way I feel about it. 
I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Like, the gap between the East and the West has kind of been one of those things that you can look at in Division II AAA and say, okay, it's been kind of like the, you know, it's been kind of like, you know, the Big Ten where this is the gap and that's the gap. But then this year it's like the SEC, the West is better, you know, like the East is so much better than the West, not, you know, but the opposite in the SEC. You know how that goes, Chris. Uh, by analogy, kind of went flat out of space right there. But 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 one division is like so significantly better than the best than the rest. Um, how the SEC usually is. Um, but you know when you beat Christian Brothers forty two twenty eight in the opening round, whether it's a fluke or not, Chris, that just tells me that whoever wins this game out of you know you know is going to win the state championship. Um, and Chris, I, I know that um, and you know these two are in the same. Uh, you know, re, you know, same region, quote unquote, um, in that in that division that they're in. So you know, they're going to play each other. They're going to do all these things. But to me, I think that what we saw earlier this season was a Brentwood Academy that was struggling at the beginning of the season that beat Macaulay, a Macaulay team that was still we didn't know it at the time was still struggling, Chris. And you know, they kind of didn't hit their groove until you know <laughs> they kind of hit a low there at the end of the season. But they got to the playoffs and uh, you know. Rappar does what Rappar does, and he gets out there and he gets his team ready to play in the playoffs. And if they win this game, and I think this will be a close game, Chris. I don't think this is a Brentwood blowout. I don't think they'd win it by a touch. I don't think they'll win it by more than a touchdown is, is what I'm saying here. Because remember, Brentwood Academy, they played Baylor just a couple weeks ago, the last game of the season. And they they won 21-20. They had to come fight back in that game. And we saw what happened to uh, Baylor in, in the first round as well. And and kind of we can kind of see in Division Two Triple A they all play each other, so it's kind of like non relevant who beat who and who beat who. Now it's about this game, Chris. But this is one of those situations where I feel the same way as you do on this. They whoever wins this game is going to win the state championship. I don't think they're just going to make it to the state championship. They're going to win the state championship, and that's something you can write down and pen and put it on note card and open up the day after the state championship and see that we were right. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Let me ask you this now. We got four teams left. Who are you most confident confident in winning this week? I'm most confident in South Pittsburgh. Same. I think I think Gordonville yeah. is down. I think South Pittsburgh is up. Um, I think for me too, the one I have the one I had the most most confidence in winning a state championship also. Is South Pittsburgh? Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, now, which who who is in the most trouble Friday night? To me, it's either it's it's probably Macaulay. Um, I think you know, I'm, I'm if I were to rank them in, from a confidence yeah. standpoint, you know, Macaulay would probably be four. Um, Red Bank would probably be a close number three, though, honestly. Yeah. Um, because I again, it's hard to order. beat somebody. Hard to beat somebody twice in the same year, especially when they know you as well as Loudon does. Yeah, and Chris, like, like I said, we kind of did these in order uh, un- unintentionally. That the confidence from one A to, to Division two Triple A just skyrockets, you know, down. Yes. Um, the lack of confidence, I should say, skyrockets. And uh, to me, McCauley's at the bottom there. I think for me, though. I think for me, I have – if I had to say who's going to win a state championship, I had the most confidence in South Pittsburgh, like I said. I had the second most confidence in McCauley because they just got to win one game. You know, Meigs County, they have to go through Trousdale County in the, or Watertown in the semifinals. 
they've got to go through whoever comes out of the West, who's probably going to be, I think, it's Peabody 2A this year, Chris. I believe they are. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So they're probably going to have to play Peabody out of the West, unless I, I hadn't been paying attention to that side of the bracket, Chris, so I have absolutely no clue. Uh, <laughs> but they'll probably play Peabody out of the West, so it's going to be tough. And, um, you know, to, to for me, so Pittsburgh feels like they had the easiest road. They don't have Greenback breathing down their neck. Now, whoever they get out of the West is probably going to be a good team. I don't know that they'll beat South Pittsburgh. South Pittsburgh has hit like this this year where all the cards have just kind of aligned for them. Greenback's not as good as we thought they were going to be. In fact, Greenback, I, I assume Greenback's still in the, you know, I, did they win their game Brian? out? I assume they did. No, I don't um, think so. Oh, they didn't? Okay. So Greenback, Greenback got put out, team. yeah. Now, I was saying Greenback was out of the picture mainly because I thought that – um you know, they're down anyway, so even if they do get to play South Pittsburgh, this is not going to be like a traditional Greenback-South Pittsburgh kind of matchup here we're talking about. Um, so, and then whoever they get out of the West, you don't know who they're going to get out of the West, but you assume it's going to be maybe a tight game, maybe not. Maybe South Pittsburgh just runs away with it. Um, as far as Red Bank, that my least confidence right now is in Red Bank. Meigs County more than Red Bank, simply because Red Bank, if they win this game, who do they play, Chris? Alcoa. Alcoa. And short of something happening that, that you know, unforeseen, and I wouldn't want to happen, but unforeseen circumstances for Alcoa, Red Bank is not going to get to the state championship no matter how well they do in this Loudon game. Although I think that defensive line for Red Bank is going to challenge Alcoa more than a whole lot of teams, Chris. I think that that that, that defensive line for Red Bank is, is going to be what propels them and makes them make the difference. And if anybody could do it, Chris, I would put my money on Red Bank out of the East simply, Chris, because that defensive line is so stout. If the defensive line gets rolling in the right way in a game, it can be catastrophic to the other team. It's almost it's almost hard to recover. You know, you get two or three sacks on you as a quarterback, your psyche goes down real quick. You know, you're you're no longer focused on getting your throw down the field. You're sitting there trying to make sure that you're not going to – not that you're worried more about that, but you're just trying to look around a little bit more. Maybe you're a little bit slower on your progressions. Maybe you're running out of the pocket where you shouldn't or something like that because you're trying to get out of the pressure and you miss a pass or something like that or or even miss a, re- a read. So defensive line can be really, really big on that. So ranked for a state championship, I don't know if this is different for you, Chris. I would assume it's the same. South Pittsburgh, the highest confidence in a state championship. Mex County at two. Red Bank at uh, – or uh, uh, Macaulay at, at two. Mex County at three. And Red Bank at four. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I could, I could see that. I, I think the gap uh, in in terms of my confidence between Brentwood Academy and and Meigs County is pretty pretty close. Um, again, you mean I, Macaulay and Meigs County. Yeah, between Macaulay and and Meigs County, I give Macaulay just again just a little bit more confidence right now because they have only got to win the one game to be able to get to the state championship, whereas. Um, Meigs County has got to win two more, including Friday night, uh, in order to just get to Cookville. So we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. We'll see what's going to happen. But uh, I think it's going to be a fun, fun game, uh, fun Friday night of football. And, again, I want to encourage folks, if you're going out to a game, tweet us. Send us your pictures. Um, send us some score updates. We'd love to hear from you at SETN Preps. And, again, uh, make sure you – you know, if you're at a game, if you want to know what's going on Friday night, Chandler and I will uh, will be cranking out the Twitter, uh, so you can uh, you can follow along and, and keep up with how our local teams are doing. So, Chandler, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. I want to remind folks one 
podcast next week, mm-hmm. and it will be on Tuesday, right, Chandler? Is that what we're doing? We're going to do it on a Tuesday. And by the way, Chris, we're going to make sure that that podcast is a an absolute feast for those that are going to listen. We'll have a lot of nuggets. They won't be frozen. They'll be fresh. And like uh, Chris alluded to in the last episode, yeah, I did listen to the last episode. Thank you very much. And uh, we will have a lot of great nuggets. And maybe maybe we'll go beyond the nuggets. Maybe we'll get some stuffing, some turkey. Uh, you never know. I wondered how many Thanksgiving references you were going to work into that. So that was is that, is that, is that all, We're going to have to have a running. We're going to have to have a running bingo card for was, our fans for the next episode. <laughs> that was that was good. That was good. No, again, we'll be with you Tuesday. So a slight change. We won't have a show Monday, but we will have one with you on Tuesday, and that will be our one show for the yeah. week since it's Thanksgiving. So we'll review this Friday night, and we will preview what is coming up next Friday night, which will be the semifinals for Division One football in the state of Tennessee. So a lot of stuff going on there. Good luck to our four local teams. Chandler and I are back with you on Tuesday. Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm. You can go on the app. You can go on the website. You can go right on your phone on the browser, and you can record a voice message. That's right. You can let your voice be heard on the SETN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SETN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think. Thank you.